My name is Fraser. My name is Mark. And we are the hosts of the Geekiest Show Alive. To the outside world, we're ordinary geeks. But in the fab international studios, we talk comics and find other geeks just like us. This is Geek of the Week. Welcome to Geek of the Week, you're on issue 25 with your regular hosts Fraser and Mark, I'm Fraser. And I'm Mark, hello. How's it going? Oh, you know what I forgot to do? What did you forget to do? Oh, I was going to do something a little nice for you, but we'll have to wait till issue 26 to find out what that is. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, we've got a jam-packed show for you, I uh, don't know if you noticed, but Endgame dropped the final trailer, so that's going to be covered in the news. We also had some other trailers that sort of got swept under the rug. We got some cool news. We got some Legos spoiling some stuff potentially. We've got some cool stuff on um, Pull or Pass. We're looking at we're looking back at a few stuff, uh, some indie titles. But there was also a big Marvel event that started that's going to roll into the summer. We're really excited about Trade Off because we're looking at. Um, Neil Gibson's. We had him as a guest a couple of weeks ago, and we're looking at his new trade that he brand new brand trade. new that he brought out, which is really cool. And hopefully, we're going to have time for comments compared this week. Fingers crossed. Maybe I might just do another flash. Blah, 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 blah. Comments compared. Didn't you but, just do it? Yeah, is that it? I did it again. Brilliant. But um, yeah, you, just to set up. Are you, are you too young to remember? Oh, what was it? It was on ITV, and it was a. Um, a video games show where they actually did that at the end where they put loads and loads of news and you had to like kind of like what's that th- do you remember on video did you oh, read, pause did you, yeah you had to pause to oh. read each page <laughs> and it was oh what was it called oh it wasn't games master that was channel four oh it's gonna bug me play the news and i'll google play it. the news yeah get it on the googles for those <laughs> anticipating but yeah let's roll on with the news Spider-Man. It was bad influence. The show was bad influence. That's what I was talking about. Sorry. Go on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on a minute. Do you remember bad influence? No, I do not remember bad influence at all. Oh, you're too young. I hope it was worth it. Now, I'm going to try that again because it partly threw me off. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, I got excited. I need photos of Spider-Man. So you know the sounds of J. Jonah Jameson. It's time for the news on Geek of the Week. And yeah, like we said at the top of the show, jam-packed news week. We got loads of trailers. Loads of castings, people ditching, people going, nah, TV shows happening. Also, out this week, Shazam. If you want to know um, my thoughts, I did a spoiler-free um, review last on last week's show. It's on YouTube, all our podcast formats, our radio, Mixcloud. So if you want to hear that, it's there. Check out the rest of the show as well if you are keen to thingy. We're um, waiting until next week to review it, yeah, spoiler-free. I'm, I'm watching it give, over the weekend. I I'm not looking forward to it. Just to give everyone time to, to, yeah, to watch it and also to force me to contain those spoilers for we're, another week. We're kind of trying to like maybe leave it a week to review our um, 
review our films to give everyone a chance to actually, to watch it basically. Watch them, yeah, yeah. So we'll be doing Shazam next week and Hellboy the week after, even though yeah, Shazam's yeah. released this week and Hellboy's released next week. Yeah, yeah, it's just the way the way of the world, isn't it? We don't want to do it. We don't want to ruin. Uh, we don't want to be doing no spoilers. And it's nice as well because sometimes that longer period, you have a longer time to digest and stuff like that. And who knows? We might do like if we do. Um, like if we get to see stuff early like we did with Shazam we'll do spoiler free stuff like I did last week true that but not spoiler free well we'll we'll spoil stuff that was in the trailer Endgame got it's like quote unquote final trailer that's obviously going to be like buy your tickets yeah it was it was buy your tickets trailer it was the ticket time it froze a load of different cinemas websites uh, all across the world which is brilliant, just shows the impact. Actually broke um, the records in like oh, under six hours, beating the other Disney film, Force Awakens. We did a cool trailer reaction. We did, it's on YouTube. It you should watch it. And I didn't horribly botch it this time, to my knowledge. What do you mean? Oh, yeah, with the... Um, with thinking it was... Oh, it's me on it. Yeah, you I know what? I feel like this trailer purposely... Delivered. Uh, it. Yeah, because it shows the um, the other side of Stormbreaker when he catches it this I time, know. and I was just like... That was just sort of like, yeah, there you go, Mark. It was almost <laughs> taunting me. It was. <laughs> oh, funny. They know what they're doing. But, yeah, it's funny that we're always talking about um, photos of Spider-Man because there was a photo of Spider-Man in it, this. There was. It got me. It was, a, it, was a, it was a lovely little hug with him and, 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 and Tony. Tony. Yeah, with and, the bunny rabbits over. As, as soon as Spider-Man was... <laughs> we were watching it. As soon as Spider-Man was on, I was like, because <laughs> yeah. I knew you'd be sad because I'm mean. Well, it's funny. We could cover... Do we want to... Mm. Oh, let's start, let's start with Let's start with the Spider-Man photo because I've been... Uh, all, you know what happens. You watch the trailer about 50 times, then you go on the internet to see what other people think. And there's a little thing that's a note, like someone's took a screen grab, and the person holding the photo has hands very reminiscent of Peter Parker. So people are speculating that it's not Tony looking at the photo, that it's Peter looking at the photo after Tony Interesting speculation. dies at the end. And I'm like, oh, man. That would be cool. That cause... is cool. Well, they haven't said this time, is they haven't said whether or not it's the first few minutes of the film. Nope. And I think some of the footage is much later on, like, for example, Thanos making his appearance, because yeah, he wasn't up. in the previous trailers. And, no. he's in, and he's in his badass suit, isn't he? So. Yeah, he was in the... Fu- uh, we double-checked this, because when we did the trailer reaction, I was like, I'm actually interested. He's in the second one, but I think he's, it's just literally him on the farm, like, I'm just chilling. And it's it is like Thanos' job is done, so they're t- it's clear that they're taking the fight to him and make yeah. Thanos in trouble. That when we saw the three of them, Tony, Steve, and Four all rocking up together, and it was all like it was uh, lower bodies, and I've never been so excited to see lower bodies of superheroes approaching someone. It was epic. It was like, are oh, you in trouble, Thanos? Yeah, and he's got head this time, Thor. It, he's well, he's got the armor on now because he's not got the Infinity Gauntlet. So it's like, ooh, why hasn't he got the Infinity Gauntlet? Because it, when he snapped, it like pff, it nearly destroyed him, uh... and it destro- it did destroy the Gauntlet using the using all of the gems, the stones. Uh... Sorry, there you go, there you go. Uh... But yeah, and Captain Marvel. Just to this is basically me covering my back from um, the trailer reaction we did. I really couldn't remember the name of the Guardian ship because they changed it in Infinity War but Captain Marvel is driving the Benatar it's named after another like you know 80s pop star which is really cool 
But um, really cool that they did that naming after and that they're still going with the female guardians. But really cool that she's piloting yeah, the ship. Yeah, I was cool. like, yeah. Well, she's a pilot. Exactly. And it's like, oh, we've got a new captain. It's going to be a bit awkward when someone shouts Cap. Are they referring to Captain Marvel? Are they referring to uh, Captain America? I can just see a... They probably won't do this scene unless, that you know, there'll be a parody somewhere where someone shouts Cap and they both turn around and oh, you're going to have to be a bit more specific here. Hmm. I mean, I can't see that happening. I can imagine it happening off screen. Must be a must have happened in the comics as well. There's loads of captains in the comics. It must just be like, wait, which one are you talking about? Like, we last names, Britain. last names. We need Captain Britain. I wonder. He probably got snapped. To be fair, he probably dusted away. Oh. There is speculation that he'll be in um, Far From Home, obviously, because they're going to. That London would be cool. Even just like a little cameo, or like they just mentioned, That'd you know, be cool. Offhanded. But yeah, what were you, more your thoughts about the Endgame? Oh, Rocket looked so sad. He did. Oh, oh it really, really hurt. Lost everyone, and he's like him and Nebula coming together. That was kind of nice because obviously they've had their differences in the past, the Guardians and Nebula, and it's nice that you know they both lost something oh, um, in the Guardians and stuff like that. And I feel like Nebula was starting to warm to them and. Yeah, she lost her sister. Rocket lost her whole team. Rock lost, lost his whole team. Oh, it's just sad. Everyone's oh, uh, the thing is, everyone's lost something, and it's they talk about it in this trailer. And talks about it in other trailers where it's like they they've got to do this for the people who aren't here. And I do, uh, um, I like that line in this trailer. I also like the line of like, I think it's Rhodey's where it's like, oh, you mean because he like d- killed all our friends last yeah, time? Yeah, so Rhodey was. Rhodey's not really ever been anything other than kind of support Iron Man, whereas they really gave him the heaviest of lines in that trailer. Yeah, yeah, so maybe they are investing in War Machine properly in this film, which is cool. Because he might have to take over from Tony. True be that. The, be the Iron Man. I mean, they did it in the comics. It could happen here. Mm. And then if they do the same with, like, booking stuff. But we don't know. I think it, it is just that thing as well. Of I feel like the Russo brothers know how to give each character screen time. And they managed to have a loaded Like, they did it with Infinity War. They even did it with Civil War. Having a load of different characters, but everyone's still yeah. getting their, you know, moment to shine. That's always been very strong in the crossovers in, in the Marvel stuff. So I'm confident they're going to do that with Endgame. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know... We didn't see any... I thought... I was speculating afterwards, and I was surprised before and afterwards, that we didn't see any Valkyrie, even though she's been on these promo photos of Fingy, so I guess they're still keeping uh, it a mystery. Although that promo stuff might have been a bit misleading, but hey, I'm just down for this whole team to just sort Just want it, want yeah. it now. It's interesting as well, because... Um, on the ship, they're not in their like they're not in their uniforms yet, and only and some of them aren't there. So it's oh, like yeah. how many different missions they're doing. And um, Black Widow's got a uh, you know different hair, so obviously they're signi- signifying the like moment of time, like it's taking a long I, time. I think She's I actually her think hair her hair might be a red herring. I think that they're deliberately doing that to... Is it because she's got red hair? No, well, yeah, a red hair herring. No, yeah. I think it's. I think that there could be trying to over-troll people, people trying to over-analyse it, and they're trolling them. So yeah, so just, she's probably just reshot a few scenes with a different wig on, and she's going to have the same hairdo for the whole thing. Well, it's... I, I, I would could, like yeah, that, because people do over-analyse It stuff. could be that, but it could also be like, you know, they have to... 
they try and attack straight off the bat and they realize okay no this ain't gonna work we're gonna well, have we to don't know do we buy our time and that's the thing as well that was a great thing about this trailer it didn't give too much away and stuff like that and it left you you know still willing to speculate and just it did what a good trailer should do it made you want to watch the film well it did for oh, me yeah. i was like oh, oh come yeah. on why is it we're in april now we are in the time the month of end game. it's mad like oh yeah so so super hyped and um yeah we're gonna keep on the end game hype and um, that's the trailers part really done but i just wanted to point out some funny some funny stuff and some potentially spoiler stuff so if you d- want to go into end game with a blank canvas and nothing at all. Well, you probably didn't listen to us talk about the trailer then. Mm. But Lego released some of their figures. And Lego in the past have been notorious. I've had Funko Pops for spoiling stuff with their toy releases. And it, there's a potential that they've done it with Endgame. They've also released stuff that hasn't been in the film. Or, like, have put characters in a set piece who aren't in the film whenever... But the set the set pieces, right? So the set piece happens in the film and they've released a Lego version, but they might add an extra character just to keep you guessing. But there's some... Yeah, with the new Endgame stuff, there's um, some that seem... Especially with the trailer, like, they could happen. Like, um, on one of the Lego pieces, we have the the main three facing off against Thanos. After we've seen the trailer, we see this, yeah, this is going to happen. So now now that we've seen the trailer, it's less of a spoiler and just more like, yeah, this is going to happen. Now, one of the cool spoilers that potentially comes out is War Machine. He's got his own War Machine buster. So he's got, like, the Hulk buster, but it's in his War Machine colours. And I think that would be epic to see, yeah, him, to see him in it. That's not really that much of a spoiler. How is that? I know. It's not super... It's, it may and be again, spoily. I'm s- I'm starting uh, to think we've seen it in a trailer already, but like that was the, you know, that was the big news piece. It was like, oh, Lego spoiling again. I'm like, I'm pretty sure we've either seen this or they've already hinted at this. Um, I'm sure it's people that will message me and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll send me a snapshot, but that's it, Rick. That's that's the ones that I picked up. I think there were some other ones that there were like another one where there were lots of. Um suits lots of um iron man suits oh and people say but but, but 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 iron man said he destroyed all suits of course iron man said he destroyed all suits he's been saying surely, that since iron man 3 surely everyone knows he hasn't destroyed the suits that's not a spoiler at all we yeah. we've, we've we've talked about it on this show that we think pepper might be getting us yeah suit. rescue yeah I, I just think that's not a spoiler at all surely anyone mm-hmm. with half a clue knows that tony stark lied Tony Stark did not destroy he always the suits. Lies. And those suits will probably be in Endgame. Exactly. That's, that's hardly a spoiler at all. And we joked about this on our uh, trailer reaction video, and it's the biggest, you know, speculation going around. Obviously, it's a joke speculation, or at least I hope. If it ends up being real, like, Go- like Goose and Nick Fury, I'll be a bit... Goose. Uh, I want I'll, Goose I'll be to a, be in Endgame. I'll be a bit worried. But, um, <laughs> so one of the big things is, oh... Ant-Man's going to go up Thanos' butt and then expand Oh, it. for goodness sake. And it's all these jokes and stuff like that. But the Russo brothers actually led to it with um, their Instagram profile picture. They got a picture of Thanos and then it's a, it's a poorly done edit on purpose because it's funny. And it's like Thanos is like um, a Venn diagram and it's purple and then it's got Ant-Man in the middle. <laughs> so it's just like even they were like winking and nudging. And this is the stuff they do. They always play to the fans. They are fans themselves. And so this is the theory that they're going to defeat Thanos by Ant-Man becoming going up small, the butt. going up his bum hole and, and ex- expanding. 
For goodness. And then there's one that's like... Uh... <laughs> Thanos is an alien. How do we even know he's got a bum hole? Oh, come on. <laughs> he might not have one. Get over it. How would he poo? I don't know. Maybe he doesn't need to. No. He's an alien. Everyone's got a poo. Even the queen poos. I know the queen... Well, oh, we're talking about poo. Exactly. We've talked about we on previous shows, and now we're talking about poo. Exactly. Endgame makes us talk about bodily waste, but... <laughs> But no, it, we don't know that. Aliens don't necessarily need to do what we need to do. They, 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 it might... Mate, you might, Thanos, have, Thanos you might was, have poo breath. Mate, you might not need to poo. Mate, Thanos was sat on that throne for the longest time. He is definitely someone who poos and someone who just takes their time. Like, you know, someone who sits there. You know, someone who goes on like if you're working and you go on a break. Like, I'm gonna go and talk. Yeah, I reckon Thanos is that. But he not only takes a book. He takes like um his work with him. He's like, right, I've got to do my plans here. He takes his gauntlet with him. Takes his little. <laughs> are, you, are you saying that he? Are you saying that he did the snap whilst whilst on the throne? No, no, <laughs> no. But he would if he. Could. Right. He really wanted to. He didn't want to get up. So if you think about it, if the Avengers were unsuccessful, every like Avengers and Guardians were unsuccessful in every film, and Thanos got his way, he would have done the snap, sat down on that throne. For he would goodness. have let everyone collect the cones, the stones for him, and gone like that. So that was well, not uh, any anyway. But yeah, let's move on to um, let, let's more trailers <laughs> and a cool poster. So, the, again, like we said before, this sort of got swept under the rug, but um, the Joker film, with Joaquin Phoenix as the lead, got a trailer and a cool poster as well. But like, unfortunately for them, it was, I think, the same day or the day after Endgame. So, again, yeah, it does sort of get swept under the rug. But we did a trailer reaction for this as well. Because, what were your thoughts you know, on why it? not? Exactly, innit? Get them all. Guy, I... get them all. I was pleasantly surprised. I, I'll be honest. I'm I'm very cynical about the way DC's about their the way they're dealing with the fact that their cinematic universe didn't do as well as they'd liked, and coming up with all these separate universes and rebooting stuff after one film and going off on separate ways. And but this looks good. Looks this good. looks good. I good. I was pleasantly surprised, and I was pleasantly surprised by. It seems like they've taken a risk. And what? Well, because it looks so old school. Someone taking a risk in Hollywood. I know. Wow, it looks bold. good. It looks good. I really like how it focused on the smiles and how yeah. and making this di- lots of different creepy smiles. And I really liked how he looked kind of old school, like like a, like a 60s, classic, yeah, like a yeah. classic clown, and the garish coloured suits. Like yeah, like the guy from the sixties. I yeah. Yeah, and they managed to mix it with like still the creepiness and of the modern day Joker. So it wasn't as camp and as cheesy as the sixty one. They managed to do a good amalgam of the two. Like it was, you know, still sinister. And I think that's down to Joaquin Phoenix's like facial expressions and just the way he is as an actor. He can play creepy quite well. Yeah, (laughs) has done in the past and does well with this Joker. And I think that's an important thing of. You know, the Joker's just a bit off-putting, even when he's an everyday man and you just sort of, you know, you're supposed to feel sorry for him, but then there is that thing of like, oh, no, this guy can turn dark quite quick. And you do sort of feel sorry for him because he's getting beaten and bruised, and it's that whole thing of it just it's one bad day. One bad day and then you become... Um... I, I, I just don't feel like we've seen enough of the Jared Leto Joker, and I, I found him... I think now we never will. <laughs> I don't think we will, but I, I found it fascinating, and I really liked that they... That they um, did something different with that Joker, and I don't feel like they gave it enough of a chance. But 
this looks cool. How offended would you be if you were like, you are playing the Joker and then you find out, you're like, not only do they cut your screen time, but then they're like, oh yeah, we're doing a Joker film. And they're like, wait, and it's not you. Oh, cheers, mate. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's a bit... Jared Leto's not like... A jobber either. He's a great actor. He's a decent actor, yeah. And they've they 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 have treated him. All right, musician as well. They've yeah, they've treated him abominably, and no wonder he's not going to be interested in being the Joker anymore. And it's a real shame because there was something fascinating and different and yeah. interesting about the the Joker that they came up with for Jared Leto. I mean, there is that thing in the comics about the free, the there's free jokers now or something, or like there's all this speculation, but because no one knows who the Joker is, and this is, this is why this film's kind of interesting. But um, I'll touch upon that um, a bit more later. But yeah, with the free jokers, so there is a possibility. You know, they never, yeah, like all the films sort of seem to be separated now, but still contained in the universe. This seems less like that, but mm. in the future, if they want to, or um, if they feel like it could work, they could bring it in. Uh, it would be cool to see, but yeah, t- just touching upon that like origin story. This reminded me more and more of there's a book called Joker, and it's like a comic book all about um, the Joker and stuff like that. And there's other there's other ones like the Killing Joke where there's been like origins origin in quotation marks stories for the Joker. And the one I like about I think it is the Joker book is it's a different origin each time because no one actually knows, and it's just and it's different stories, uh, you know, from the perspective of well, the Joker. He's, from a, he's an unreliable people. narrator. He's a liar. Exactly, which is why this film, it seems to be more like, nope, this is an origin story, which sort of leaves me like, I'm umming and ahhing, really. I'm hoping they do a twist at the end where it's like, oh, no, you can't really rely on this, or like it's, you know, the origin isn't as defined as you want. And it's it's... Yeah. It's weird because he's got a name now and Joker's never really had a name apart from in, you know, the films with Jack Nicholson because they just called him Jack and Jack and Joker. It's like, eh, I'm in art. And yeah. I won't talk about Gotham. I'm not getting into Gotham now. Nah. Like, this Joker blew that that got that um, Joker out of the way. And the different, oh, it's his clone, it's his brother, it's whatever. This is like, no, this Spoilers. is the Joker. No, that's honestly that's not spoilers because they'll probably change it in the next season as well, and they'll do something else different in Gotham. Just I've not even seen the show, so I don't even can't. I've seen some of it. It's all right. Yeah, but let's talk less about that, and let's yeah, let's talk about something we're excited for, which is the Joker um, stuff. And yeah, it's it's still a bit like the Nate to go back to the name. Like I think it's called Arthur Fleck. I know it's A Fleck, and it's just like, oh come on, like Affleck. It's still sort of like, uh, and, oh, and now it feel, and now it definitely feels in bad taste. Like before, it could have just been like a nice nudge, and it's like, oh, there could be a connection here, you know, with Ben Affleck's Batman. But now it's just sort of like, oh, oh, I, I liked oh. Batfleck as well, and I was super cynical yeah, about him as well when he first when he was first announced. Now, uh, more sad news and more people dropping out of stuff in the DCEU. Ezra Miller is out as The Flash. He's, um, you know, the, the, this Flash movie's had so much trouble as, well, most of these DC films have, a mo- but some we still get out, which is great. Aquaman finally got to come out, Shazam got to come out, and this Joker movie looks like it's coming out, but this Flash, it's had, like, so many different rewrites, so many different directors coming on it, and it feels like um, they were doing Flashpoint, they're not doing Flashpoint, they're resetting the universe, they're not, and it's it's one of them, it's it's one of those superhero movies, Marvel have it as well, um, with like, um, we talked about it last week, with Gambit, 
and it's just this de- developmental hell of like, is it going to happen? Is it not? There's an actor signed on. There's this. Obviously, we've already seen him play the Flash in two movies now, so you know it's he is defined as a Flash. So we got to do a bit of a run, but he didn't get to do his full on sprint, which is a bit disappointing. But I guess he's just not into it. But he also. It's kind of well, a really. It's kind of a, a new script that they rejected, it, didn't it? Exactly, which is kind of a relief because I don't really trust him writing a flash thing because the, the stuff that was coming out about his script, I was like, oh, I don't know if that's the flash really because he was trying to change a bit too much. And sometimes when that happens, when someone has too much creative freedom as an actor and stuff like that, they can't really. They're sort of blinded by it all, if that makes sense. So, like, well, we'll never see it, so we'll never know. Exactly. I hope we do see a Flash film, though, because the telly show, at least the first two seasons, were really good, and it's... it's what I'll be honest, it's one of my favourite characters, especially in DC, and I kind of want to see it. And I want to see it... How, I want to see it in this world that we're living now with the de- how they're dealing with de- their DC films, where it's like, yeah, it can be in this contained uni- in this massive universe, but we're just going to show a contained story because The Flash has got enough stories to tell on his own before you bring him into a team. Recasts are bad. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not I, necessarily I'm about it. I don't think recasts are bad. Look, Mark Ruffalo uh, subbing out Edward Norton, War Machines, they've subbed him out before. I think if it works... As long as you don't force it as well and be like, oh, they've had this facial, da 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 da. If they're just like, no, it's just someone else playing it new. Uh, maybe. It's, it can be fine, especially if it's like, if it um, if it means that you get better stuff from it, I'm all aboard for it. Like, if this guy doesn't, if Ezra Miller doesn't want to do it, that's fine. He's got Fantastic Beasts in other franchises and um, his other films that he can do. And if someone who's passionate about The Flash comes along, because that's the thing, it's all about that passion. Like, seeing Zachary Levi and how passionate he is about Shazam. Is it's just nice to see, do you know what I mean? Someone who loves being the character they're playing and is just like proper giddy about it. That's sort of what you want to see. Not not necessarily someone who's like, oh no, I've got you know someone who's got to take control of it or something like that. Someone who always like, oh, I feel, I feel like they're being forced into it. We'll see. I I, I personally see it as another blow to the DCU. They, they, it, it seems like they can't get a break. I think that I think they've got loads of breaks. <laughs> Aquaman was good. Shazam's getting amazing reviews and stuff like that and you know they are getting more and more they've got James Gunn on um, the Suicide Squad uh, there was some weird stuff but with... that's, that's going to be a reboot which no no I don't weird. think it is though because uh. they've got Boomerang Bo- um, Jai Courtney's back as Boomerang it's weird but what oh, it we'll is I no I think it, this is them back on track this is them skinning the skinning the fat as it were almost the people that they're, they're moving forward now with people who want to be in it and people who you know are going to benefit who are going to help benefit the um, the universe and I think that's actually going to help him uh, in the long haul because that's what Marvel did Marvel got rid of people who didn't want to play on board um, that, but they weren't they didn't do it in a rude way like um, Ant-Man director Peyton Reed took over from, oh, what's his name? He does um, Shaun of the Dead. The Shaun of the Dead, Hot Sh- Fuzz. Simon Pegg? No, 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 the director. Edgar Wright. He took over from Edgar Wright, and Edgar Wright's a big director to let go, but it ended up working out for Ant-Man. You know, they had their creative differences. And it's a, it's about, you know, it's what's best for the films, not we'll see. who's we the biggest see. name. We will see. Speaking of big names, Angelina Jolie potentially casting the Eternals. That's a huge name. Right, here's the thing. Ten years ago, that would have been like the biggest deal of all time. You've got to remember that as, as big a name as um, 
Oh, the guy who plays Iron Man. Robert Downey Robert Jr. Downey as big a name as he is, ten years ago, he was... Yeah, he was, he, a, was, he was the guy who'd done a lot of drugs and that, that Marvel were giving an opportunity. Yeah, exactly. He's now a huge name again. Ten years ago, yes, but everybody wants to be in Marvel films. There's been yeah. some huge, huge actors in Marvel films. It is so cool that Angelina Jolie is going to be yeah. in there. And she's playing um, Cersei, apparently. And Cersei's a favourite character of mine. So, um, I'm, can you see Angelina Jolie in it? <laughs> yeah, well, Cersei was all... The whole point of Cersei was that she was... Gorgeous, like stunningly, stunningly attractive. And one storyline I particularly liked in the comics was when she lost, when she she lost her temper because the Black Knight didn't fall in love with her. <laughs> and to be for someone to have that kind of character who is that attractive, oh. then it needs to be someone as attractive as Angelina Jolie. Imagine if they got Brad Pitt to play the Black Knight. <laughs> Oh, I would love to see the black. I would love to see the Black Knight in the comic books, <laughs> uh, from the comic books in in the um, in the MCU. In the MCU. The, the, um, it's, I don't think it's particularly well liked, but I loved the Proctor storyline in the '90s with the Black Knight and Cersei yeah. and Proctor and uh, Magdalena and all those characters. It was brilliant for me, oh, and, and and the twist at the in that. I'm not going to ruin it if you haven't read it, but the twist in that was outstanding, on point, on yeah, point. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's exactly what you say. Big stars want to play and so, stuff like that. I, when I first heard about this, I, I was thinking, oh, maybe it'd be like... Because um, we talked about the Eternals as sort of like their Guardians of the Galaxy level, um, them playing a risk or them going for it. Because Guardians of the Galaxy, when it came out, no one really knew much about yeah. it. And it was them just going, here it is. And they had um, cool a- actri- actors and that. Yeah, cool actors in that. They had like Glenn Close and... Uh, John C. Riley, sort of like you know, doing cameos and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and close. And I was thinking, I was thinking, oh, I wonder if Ange- because they're doing the f- sort of again, it's another big risk. The Eternals setting up this team um, that's completely out there. I was like, oh, I wonder if Angelina Jolie is going to have that going close, sort of like, oh, she's just going to cameo. But then when it was like, oh no, she's actually going to play one of the lead characters. I was like, oh, okay, even more interesting with this. Yep. Go, go, go. Excited. Now, more interesting stuff. We're sort of going into TV here. Uh, Stargirl is getting a series on the DC Universe. Now, I had a feeling that you weren't familiar with Stargirl. I've got a clue. It's a, pretty, it's a pretty deep cut in DC, and um, as we've established on the show before, you don't really delve much into DC. No. But the reason I put this on here is um, just because it's more, it's more stuff in this DC Universe app and I'm just, I'm hoping that they build more and more for it, and they finally release it in well, the UK. What I will say, what I will say, is that something as family friendly as Star Girl, compared to putting on the very, very adult stuff like Titans, Titans. and Swamp Thing, so, exactly. I, I like that they're committing it a as mix. a channel that gives a mix yeah. of of everything. And the reality is. Most people over 18 that are into comic books will watch the lot. But what it does mean is it means that there's hopefully going to be enough for, for, for the Sproggles. Yeah. Get the Sproggles in as well. Really. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's just one of them as well. It's um, it's a light-hearted thing. It's sort of, it's, it also highlights how they're moving over from the CW to their own streaming service, if that makes mm. sense. Because they, they've had a few shows that were on CW and the DC universe i know it said eu then this is why they put the e in it 
probably to differentiate. But they've had like, oh, it's on CW, Netflix, and this. And now it's sort of being more like Netflix and this, Netflix mm-hmm. and this. And then once this, I imagine once this comes to the UK, they won't have the need for Netflix. And no, they'll do what Marvel did and cut everything. Yeah, exactly. Or not even just cut it, just be like, oh, you guys have it in the UK now, so there's no need to put it on Netflix. And I don't think it, it'll be of a less bitter bitter taste than uh, the Marvel and Netflix things. That seems like it went yeah. that seemed like it went sour. Whereas this relationship not as much. Netflix are doing pretty well with their deals though. They're managing to get stuff that's like um especially Netflix UK of stuff like, okay, you can't see it, um it is out in the States or elsewhere, you can't see it, so we're gonna put it on for you. Just um uh, just saying that because Jane the Virgin came on um I found that yesterday. I was like, oh, my goodness. And it was like the last season. And I was like, because I knew it was out in the States. And I was like, oh, I can actually watch it now. And I was like, ah, oh. digression, of course. Digression. Tangent tornado. That I'm going to let it bubble away. But we're going to talk more DC TV stuff because there was a Pennyworth trailer. Yes, from the people that brought you Gotham, they're doing another prequel. A prequel to the prequel, Pennyworth. What were your thoughts on the Pennyworth trailer, Mark? Well... I really like the Alfred Pennyworth character. I really like... He is he is one of the stronger points in Gotham. Yeah, 100%. And the fir- the, my immediate thought, which perhaps says a lot more about me than anything else, was, oh, I wish that Ripper happened. Ripper was supposed to be a um, prequel to Buffy the Vampire Slayer with Giles doing set prior... You know, set in the, in the 60s and 70s. Yeah, yeah. And they never did it. And that broke my heart because I really, really, really wanted to see that. And so something like this, I'm going to give a chance because it's the kind of thing that I think would be cool. And I quite liked the... the, It was only a teaser. I quite liked the Britishness of it. And the accent was on point when he said his, like, one line. Yeah, exactly. So it looks fun. It does look fun. And I hope they are clever enough... To make it so you don't need to know what happened in in uh, Gotham, which I suspect you you won't. No, I think it seems more like um, I can't remember as well if they were because there was speculation uh, always going around whether it was going to be completely separate to it, um, and it's one of them as well. Like the pre- the Gotham's a prequel in itself, and it's it's te- oh, it's just terrible. It's, I'm not even going to try and sugarcoat it. It's like, it's a, oh, you want a Batman show, but it's no Batman. It's like, oh, come on, where is this like? And the best parts of Gotham aren't Batman, aren't Bruce Wayne. He's kind of annoying. I don't like him. He reminds me a lot of Damian Wayne. He's just like so nagging and stuff like that. And then when he finally gets a Batsuit, it looks like he's wearing a condom. Um, <laughs> and it's just like, oh, uh, and like, uh, but one of the redeeming things was, is like you say, it's Alfred Pennyworth in there. So I also like the Jim Gordon character. And I want. I liked the first season of Gotham because it was about Jim Gordon. So I feel like I'm going to like this because it's going to yeah, be about I Pennyworth. So. I also liked um, the trailer brought me round on it. Like it again, that uh, embracing the Britishness of it. I was like, this is a nice show, and it's one of those shows where it's like, if you take away the Pennyworth name, it still could be pretty cool. You know, if you take I, away, I think it should, if I'm you gonna, take away the Batman from it, and just I'm definitely going to give it a go. It, it, it's interesting. I like that it's set earlier and that he's young and attractive yeah. rather than. I just hope it's not a setup because that's what some prequels just fall into the fact of like they get into so many seasons and they go, oh, we're going to stop our initial goal and we're just going to focus on setting up the the stuff, you know. So like 
Nah. Gotham recently seems like it's just been like, oh, we know this guy's going to be Batman, so we're constantly going to set this up. Or yeah, like, yeah. oh, isn't this guy a joker? Or like, oh, you like your riddles, and it's all this wink and nudge, and it's just like, no, focus on the story you're telling now, and like, we know where it's going, and then maybe yeah, we'll... yeah. We'll see. Um, it looks fun. Uh, we've only seen a tiny little teaser trailer, but I'm going to give it a go for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. I get, like That's what I mean. I gave like Gotham a season and a half, maybe. A, I can't remember how far I got into the second season. And then I was just like, yeah, this ain't for me. So I will, I will give it a go. And it's really hard for me to... I've got that completionist almost in me. It's really mm, hard me for me to jump, sh- jump off the ship once I'm on a TV show. So it's... Yeah. Might put out. We should probably put out. We could put it on binge it or bin it. Bin it. That would be a good. There you go. We've we've done it. Bin it. I've watched the first no, two and a half no, seasons. Oh, I, Pennyworth. Yeah. Pennyworth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's put it on binge oh, or no, bin yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. No, mate. Gotham bin it. No, I put... got so sick with Fish Mooney, and then she just she was finally gone. I was like, oh great, you've set up all these great villains and stuff like that. You know, you've done so much with Penguin. And now he's set up, and Riddler's kind of set up in the background, and then she kept coming back. I was like, just go away, Fish Mooney. Oh. Right. And then there was stupid stuff. With let's, put, let's put Pennyworth on Binge or Bin. It looks quite fun. Let's see how it goes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no more Gotham. <laughs> no more Gotham. Let's, let's keep positive vibes. Oh, we started so hyped with Endgame, and then we just had to talk about Gotham. That's like my one thing that's like, you know, like you're most of the time a grumpy geek. That's what gets me grumpy, Gotham. <laughs> We can be both kind of can be grumpy. It's just I'm better at it. <sighs> just get me talking about Gotham. That'll get set me going then. If the first news piece is Gotham, I'll probably be grumpy about everything else as well. I was like, I did like this, but I'm still in mood with <laughs> over Gotham. So I'm <laughs> grump. But we want to know your thoughts, fellow geeks, whether they're grumpy, gleeful, or whatever. We've had a lot of uh, news that we've talked about this week. I want to know your thoughts. We've got a Facebook discussion group. We've got a Twitter. You can at us. And we mentioned the YouTube before. We've got a YouTube comment section. You can listen to you can listen to this on YouTube as well if you just want the individual bit. Or if you listen to this on YouTube, we also have a full-fledged show, which you should definitely check out. However you want to um, reach us, however you want to listen to us, we appreciate it in every way. And you can find that on Tumblr. I had to get the mentioning for Tumblr because I know Mark loves it. Meh. Yeah. That's the news for this week. Told you. Live every week. Live every week, guys. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, Pull Up Pass this week is a big one because, well... We, should, we, should we explain Pull or Pass first? Yeah, do you want to explain Pull or Pass? All right. So, so this is a section of the show. Oh, I was going to well, do it this Oh, week. right, go on then. Yeah. So Pull or Pass is um, essentially it's a section of the show where we decide whether we want to pull or pass on three or sometimes more of this week's comic books. And if you don't know what pull means, essentially if you go to a comic book shop, when you buy a comic book, you... The, the person behind the counter will say, do you want to put this on your pull? And your pull is basically a... They, they they have like like drawers with comics in where they yeah. reserve stuff for you on a casual basis. You don't have to like do a direct debit or anything. And every time you go in, you can check your pull and see what they've got behind there. It just means you don't miss an issue, but you don't have to like be super like committed. And if you don't fancy one of the books that they've put on your pull for you, you can just tell them I want to cancel that and they'll put it back. 
exactly. It's a, it's a good way of reassuring that you get a book because there's a lot of books out and you're not always guaranteed to get them, as we have found out in the past. We have. We have been bit in the book. But uh, yeah, we're looking at three books this week. I'm going to sneak in a fourth, just give it a little bit of a mention because I gave it a cheeky little read. There was uh, a... well, why can't I sneak in a fourth or fifth? Right, this week there were like... There were like four books that yeah, I wanted to read that we didn't put mate, on Paul Pass. Me. Just tell me, I'm happy to. I wanted to, to read on. Major X, Section Zero, Marvel Team Up, and Bronze Age Boogie. See, I wanted to read all of those, and I wasn't da- allowed. There's your downfall, though, because our strict rule on this is that it's one book by p- publisher. It's each your week. strict rule, and it's, I hate it. No, it's just so we're not biased on stuff like that, or we get. We're desperately biased. I hate DC. On. You love Spider Man. I yeah, don't understand why you're worried about us being biased or No, not. we just got to stretch out. Otherwise, we just do every comic. I mean, if you want to do every comic that comes out on the weekly Not Wii every cases, comic. No, that will be it. But there are some weeks <laughs> There's where... There's one per one publisher sick. or everything. I was actually going to talk about an Archie book. There was a Sabrina the Teenage Witch that came out, um, which is really cool because at the moment... Um, I've not read in, it. In the UK on E4... Uh, no, on Channel 4. Oh, on Channel 4 and E4. They've started playing Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and obviously with Chillin' Adventures coming out, there's a nice sort of balance there, because what I'll do is I'll watch an adventure of Chillin' Adventures of Sabrina the Witch, and because I'm the Freddy cat that I am, I'll watch a nicer version in the t- um, the Teenage one, the one from the 90s. But this book is sort of like a mix of the two, like there are the dark elements in there from the Chillin' Adventures, but there's still the whimsical um, stuff there of the t- the 90s TV show and what's really cool and the original comic book as well itself is Salem plays a big part in of it and Kitty exactly the which is why I was like okay I'll mention this on the air and then I'll sort of force maybe Mark to read it next no. week there's a kitten it's nice I like kitties and it's got that horror element as well I really think you'll dig it and that's yeah. just me trying to get Archie on Archie's going to be on next week and I know you're going to hate that book well, that's foreshadowing. Can we not? Can we have a, like a big special of pull or pass next week to catch up nope. what we've missed? No, nope. no. Nope. But, but I'm wanna, telling you, literally, I want to read section literally, zero. I want to read Bronze we're Age Boogie. We're doing section zero next week. Are we literally. doing Bronze Age Boogie? What publishes it by? Oh, I don't know. It's a, a, it, it's not Image and it's not Dark Horse. It's then an indie. Yeah, of course you can. I oh, tell right. you this. I was like, if they're not doing, by, can we if, do Marvel Team Up? That's got Spider Man and um, I know Ms. Marvel. Marvel. I was going to, well I was going to do it, but. Then Marvel dropped a bit more of a bomb, which oh, yes. was War of the a Realms, war. which was epic. And Major the, X looks cool. The big, uh, we're doing that next week. I'm less looking forward to that. That's Rob Liefeld sort of being like, here's my new character. And I'm sort of like, uh, I'm in an iron with it. But yeah, War of the Realms, it's the big event. We covered it in the news a while back and it was, you know, they've been leading up to this. Well... Jason Aaron's been leading, if you've been reading for for the last, I don't know, good couple of years, he's been leading up to this for the longest time. But Marvel themselves, as a big company now, have I'm, been leading up to this. In I'm this very book. Ex- I was very oh, excited about it. It's it looks up, great. It's setting up the big summer event, and this is an event I'm actually looking forward to. It's not a cheap uh, cash-in, which the other ones have seemed to be like with Civil War Two and the Infinity Wars. They were sort of like, no, okay, see what you're doing there. This isn't like... End game two or whatever. This is literally like no yeah. war to going for something, something fresh. different. What were your thoughts on the book? Well, the front cover showed just how much they mean <laughs> yeah. business, didn't it? And oh, um, yeah. my immediate thoughts was, ooh, Sparkly Daredevil. I'm, very, I'm, yeah. I'm excited about Sparkly Daredevil. And um, yeah, so you open the book and it gives you a quick rundown. Thor's got a dog. He's got a dog called Thor's, Thor's Forgy. Thor's got a dog. Forgy. Thor, the Forgy. Dog. I, I love like the dog. Him. Oh, it was perfect. Thor's just, got a dog. How did a Thor get a dog? As well. 
I don't, I don't read for. No, um, but no. Thor's got a dog and I like If you it. know, please let us know. I like let us know the issue. Dog. I might start reading for just because he's got a dog now. Are we allowed to do Spider-Man? Uh, Spider-Man, are we allowed to do spoilers? Yeah, why not? Right, uh, yeah. Well, that is a spoiler. Spider-Man's in it. <laughs> yeah, Spider-Man's in it. Um, yeah, they, Everyone's uh, in it. Yeah, they, they, Odin. Dead. Yeah. Dead. Within within like the first Still. few pages, dead Odin. That, that's pretty big. Well, that's the that's thing. Pretty that's pretty big. The thing with this book. I mean, this can go no spoilers. They just went for it. Like they usually, really events sort of like guide you. And this was like bam, hit you right in the face. And I loved that. I was like, oh yeah. They're like, yep, yeah, this is it. It's straight onto the action. Everything's going down. Um, the nine realms are down. Literally just Midgard. I was like, yeah, this is sick. And, and they introduced all the characters that they needed to for the. Um, Hildegard's well, like reaction to Spider. Spider-Man oh my goodness! And I loved it. As soon as Spider-Man came in, I was like, "Yeah, I love this book." Because he's sort of like the Earth relation. Yeah, gets, yeah. Uh, you know, bringing in the people who maybe haven't been reading for, and stuff like that. And it's yeah, he was hilarious in this. Well written as well. Because sometimes when I think so, when big event writers or someone else writes Spider-Man who hasn't been writing Spider-Man, he can sort of feel like, "Oh, this is my time to tell it, jokes now." It or feels whatever. like it makes a reference to the current Spider-Man books where he was talking about how he got friendly a free burrito yeah, and friendly yeah. neighborhood Spider, which we read a few weeks ago. Exactly. And I thought they did that really well. And Hildegard reaction was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> no, it's not just that. It was like, is it going to lay eggs? Yeah, yeah. I loved that. <laughs> there was loads of stuff. Just the, the interactions as well. And I yeah, think that's it what makes nicely. That's what makes the team up books um, the best for me is like, that. yeah, those little interactions. And like, we got to see Black Panther. We got to see Daredevil. We got Punisher's introduction was hilarious when he's like, he's like, because yeah, they talk about, a bigger gun. Yeah, they talk about this sound taking over um, Earth and like, he's like, even the, um, um, uh, the Punisher, who's usually deaf, de- deafens what's around him because it's usually people like screaming or whatever, could hear. And the, the guy's like, "Oh, you should probably focus on that." Shoots the guy he's interrogating and goes, "No, I should like, yeah, no, I should have brought a bigger gun." And when it's like, I like that they've just got everyone on this, and then Avenge the the whole Avengers team with their cap, the. They did the nice, cool thing. I thought this was going to be the last page. I was like, oh, I'm nearly done reading. And then there was more. I was like, oh, this is great. Like, the villains did the whole thing. We're the new, um, like, we're, we're claiming Midgard. And, they, you know, they do their big name proclamation, the big villain thing. And then they say Avengers Assemble. And it's the big head-to-head. You know, the sort of stuff you thought yeah. you see at the end of events or... Or like the end of a film, if you're like relating it to that, and they did that big face on and thought, oh, that's where it's going to close. One, you need to read more. But then, then we got even more. more, and then we got the big thing was for being like, yeah, I'm messing stuff up with me with me two hammers. He's got lots of hammers apparently. But exactly. the, going back to what you were saying, the Daredevil, Punisher, Wolverine, all the, all these all the snapshots of each character that made it feel very cinematic, very epic. Exactly. All yeah. of these small these characters in their smaller worlds are brought into this huge, huge war without them knowing it was coming. And I, I felt it, it really felt like they were... It was a big deal and yeah. that it was a epic cinematic moment in the Marvel Universe. Just, I was like, damn, they they, they, they mean business with this. It's they one of clearly the, mean yeah, business Yeah, it's one this. of the first times as well I've felt in a while because I, I raised this up ages ago once and it was... I feel like, you know, when you start into comic books now, people always tell you about the big stories to read, especially if you're coming into Marvel. It's like, oh, I definitely read Civil War, read this, read that, whatever, read Dark Phoenix. Yeah. I feel like in the modern day, there isn't 
like in 10 years time I keep thinking I wonder what's a book people are going to be recommending from this I, time period I would have said Secret Invasion but that's about 10 years old yeah now, exactly and that's another one that people tell you to check out and it's like okay The Secret Wars in 2015 that is a big one to check out and I was like is the one recent I definitely think this is going to be one that yep. people are going to be like yeah you need to check out War of the Realms it's going to be sick and it like it could be one that maybe they use in future films um i mean they had uh oh, the doctor who is malika in thingy and i was always a bit like with malika i was like eh. but this made him look intimidating yeah. scary even even like he saw through loki and i was like okay this is cool loki really looks like tom higgleston in yeah, the book. Yeah. that's deliberate oh that's 100 yeah the four's not looking like chris hemsworth though yeah, ish. Not, no, not like how Chris Hemsworth is now with the no, shaved head and the beard. No, it was uh, a more forward-looking, more distinct. Yes, true. Yeah, but it, epic, epic, really. And it made me like. My thing is with this when we say pull or pass is because there's going to be so many different tie-ins and stuff like that so when we say pull are we pulling some of the tie-ins as well I was going to talk about that I got to the end of that book and was like that was amazing I turned the page and then it was like read a hundred titles on this and I was like Ugh. now I'm going to put your mind at it's ease it's a huge commitment I'm going to put your mind at ease go on you don't have to read the tie-ins the tie-ins never play a factor in stuff the only time you read the tie uh, I would suggest read the tie-ins is if you're super super invested in the story and you want it all sort of like Secret Wars was a good example of that because they did all these different battle worlds um, but there's like like for Civil War to it as an example they loaded different ones and like it was Civil War for the perspective of one character so what I would suggest is if you want to read a time maybe read a time of a character you like to sort of see their aspect of it like I would read I'm going to keep reading Spider-Man and there's probably going to be times to War of the Realms in the Spider-Man books and I'm okay with that but I'm not going to deliberately go out my way to like now I need to collect every War of the Realms yeah. I'll probably just focus on the main story like I think like I did with No Surrender No Surrender as well that will be one I think people will talk about in a couple of years I, th- I think that I was, I was initially really intimidated and quite annoyed by that because I'd, I'd read this incredible comic book and then it was like, you need to spend lots and lots and lots of money and buy all these titles within incredibly close proximity of each yeah. other. And that does kind of reassure me a little bit. I think yeah. what I'm going to do is... To put, I'm going to read War of the Realms, see yeah. how I get on with it, and then, and then, then maybe pull some tie-ins... As well, but it's, I, I was going to say I'm going to pass because that annoyed me so much. Uh, but you've convinced me to pull. Oh, that's good. That's good. I'm glad to do that. Well, another thing, way to think about it, and for listeners as well who are intimidated by like big events and tie-ins, is when you pick up a trade, the trade wouldn't have the tie-ins. If it has a tie-in, it'll be an important tie-in to the story. Yeah. Um, Civil War's got a load of different books that show the different you know there'll be like Fantastic Four Civil War and that will cover all the crosser all the tie-ins for that but it won't cover the main story and there's one with like Green Lantern as well um, Brightest Day they have a Green Lantern Brightest Day and it's Brightest Day to um, in the perspective of the Green Lanterns and then there's Green Lantern and then there's Brightest Day the big actual event so it's one of them when you think about it as a almost in like a trade thing a trade like if you've ever read a trade of marvel dc whatever you've never a big event you've never felt lost or missed out on anything no so it's just a very it's a very similar thing and it's it's one of those where it's like it is it can um damage or like 
a st- not damage a story, but just sort of like make people intimidated about a story or, you know, getting it in single form. Like, oh, maybe I'll just wait for the trade and stuff like that. And I think sometimes that can dishearten it, but it's also it's a way to make money. Gets people who are excited mm, about the event reading different things, but it also gets people who maybe are just reading a different book in Marvel. But because War of the Realms is happening, like, okay, so my character I'm reading is affected by War of the Realms. Maybe I'll check out War of the Realms. And, and, and I hope it, it. I hope it's a nice boost for Marvel because it is a very, very good. Yeah, comic book. and I want more, more of this. Like Jason Aaron's doing amazing. He's done amazing stuff with Four. He's doing amazing stuff with the Avengers now mm. and this book. Yeah, makes some great summer reading. I'm telling you, it's oh, it's great. It's just yeah. great. It's great. Definitely. Defo recommend, definitely. Now, the next book we're going to look at is by Dark Horse, and it's Bad Luck Chuck. What were your thoughts on Bad Luck Chuck by Dark Horse, Mark? Well, again, I'm going to talk about the front cover first, and there was a kitty, so I was like, there's a kitty, I like kitties. All aboard. Yeah. All about those pets. I'm such a sucker for a kitty. Lying. I I love lying cat, but that's another book, comic book. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Moving on. I've got See, a I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you will love the Sabrina book. Well... But I'm not going to force it upon you. Well, I might read the first one, if you lend yeah. it me. So anyway, bad luck, Chuck. I like how it, um, it hits the ground completely running and it starts in what's basically an established scenario. Yeah. But that's not intimidating. They've, they've done a really good job of not being too... Um, saying this is an established world this is what you need to know we're not doing a a crazy crazy origin story yeah the the, the character's already settled in her world she's already got her her niche she's already got her agency and it reminded me a little bit of um, Domino Oh, yeah, with the luck powers and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, but it's a more subtle, kind of coincidental yeah. and significantly more frightening, I thought, yeah, version she, of Domino. Because I mean, she uses it as, like, as a work stuff and it's sort of like... Domino, this whole... Domino, you, Domino can control what her bad luck does to some extent and yeah. she's, she's she does it in a kind of controlled and gleeful way whereas I, ch- I just didn't feel like chuck no it was a very could control her own powers and just character, everything yeah. goes yick around her and she reacts to that rather than domino who maybe does it the other way around yeah, tries to find yeah like you say find that balance and i like that it was interesting that she made it her made it her job and stuff like that and we've got this investigator now who's like Okay, all these crimes that seem like accidents or can't be claims all feature this one person. He clearly hates her. Yeah. And it's. Because it's great. No, it's really well, well done. There's nothing as well. Like, she's not actually committing a crime here. No. It's literally just bad luck. She's just turning up and bad stuff happens. so frustrating. Because that's just, technically not a crime. It's like Jessica Fletcher, but much, much darker and yeah. and, and, and no Angela Lansbury. Right. If the, if Jessica Fletcher turned up to your house, to your hotel, to your any to your holiday, leave, <laughs> leave. If, if, Say, I mean, if murder, that... she wrote <laughs> that woman. Murderers followed her, <laughs> and it's it, so it's kind of like. And if this bad luck Chuck, if she's around on your yeah. holiday, leave. If she's and just around you, that's the thing. Cool. The Jessica Fletcher thing is a joke. People make make light of that. That diagnosis, murder. The, you know, how many murders have I seen in my lifetime happen around me? None. Whereas Jessica Fletcher has one a week. Whereas Bad Luck Chuck kind of takes that and actually makes it about the character having bad luck. Yeah. And it's it's Jessica Fletcher, diagnosis murder, 
Quincy, all very hokey, whereas this kind of like is very knowing. Yeah. No one, no normal person would walk around life with murders and terrible stuff happening all the time all around them. And I, I love, I love this book. It's really good, isn't it? I love this book. It's really good. I like, yeah. No. I'm sorry, I'm I've giddied gonna... about it. It's your turn talking about the book. Well, I was going to say, I giddied a bit as well, and, like, uh, I've got... Yeah, I've thrown in my two cents. Um, I don't have two cents on it, though, unfortunately. But, yeah, I just got distracted because I was just like... just it's uh, What I love is watching someone who's talk so passionately about something they enjoy, and just that, that was that then. Uh, yeah. It took me out of the moment, just because it is... Yeah, like you say... Um, the, the way she uses her powers, the, I liked that the detectives sort of onto her and stuff like that, and it's frustrating. Um, I'm sort of repeating myself here, so I'm just going to say I'm going to definitely pull this. Yeah, uh, I, I wasn't sure. I liked the concept, but I wasn't sure it was going to be any good, and it blew me away. It was another fantastic concept. It was book. good, yeah, yeah, really, really good stuff. And the last book we're going to talk about... Oh, no, that was what I was going to mention. Uh. I loved... There was um, I, my train of thought just, you know, derailed. <laughs> there was a thing, obviously, with this uh, cult and this, like, you know, church-based thing. And, obviously, the, there's the whole thing of, like, testify or whatever. And one of the... <laughs> the investigator goes to the reverend and he goes, uh, do you testify? And he went... All I do is testify. And I was like, that's brilliant. Because I just had, you know the song, yeah. All I do is win. I just had <laughs> a meme in my head of, All I do is testify. Fire, 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 fire. You, you are an odd soul, Fraser. I just thought that it was just a, a bit of, uh, yeah, it was a funny line. I was like, enjoyed it. <laughs> but yeah, the final book we're going to cover this week <laughs> is by Image. And it's Assassin. Nation. The reason why we put this one on is because I was going on a um, train journey. Yeah, this journey is from like the and 13th of March. I, yeah, and I, it was just there and it looked cool. I'd never, I, I, for some reason it hadn't been on my radar at all. Hadn't seen that it was coming out. And I just picked it up on a whim and uh, read it on the train. So, yeah, yeah. so I, it just looked cool. And it was it cool. Was cool. Yeah. I really, really liked how utterly, wonderfully crazy it was. What a silly, silly... Yeah, like the world of assassins all wanting to be like the Top Gun and stuff like that. And everyone just getting in each other's way almost. And, it and, it and reminded me like John Wick, but like, yeah, like but and, more in a cartoon. And, fan, and the, the assassin that was good, but was still a fanboy for the other assassins. Yeah, I yeah. thought that was great. I mean, I, right... And then there's ha- that number one in there, and he's all floating around. And yeah. Then she, and then she just goes, nah. <laughs> having having worked in wrestling, you sometimes get people that are relatively new to a wrestling locker room, and they're still fanboying over the wrestlers. So I've seen that exact thing, that fanboying thing, happen in a wrestling locker room, and it was done perfectly. It, it, it really resonated with me. And I love how one of the top assassins was a mercy killer as well. Because yeah. that's, that, that, that's, you know, a lot of... You don't need to be a badass no, no. And he, to be good at killing. Because that's what he was saying. He was like, they were asking about the money or something like that. When it was like, oh, it's not too much, but the work's really easy. And, it's like, and it's, he sort of almost treated it like a retirement for himself yeah. as well. Because it's like, you know, assassin, it's, the assassin game can be quite hard. And no one's fighting you back there. There's no security guards. It's easy. Just there we go. In and out. And as a... Um, as, as a comic book about to relate back to sorry to relate back to wrestling it's doing your job you know just the old word yeah, it's like oh yeah exactly I'm just going right. to work my five minute match and then and it's um 
it, it's a book about assassinations. It's a book about assassins. It was very heavy on the gore, and it needed to be. It there was, was assassinations a, everywhere. Yeah, it was gory, it was tongue-in-cheek, it was clever, and it was a lot of fun. And I really, really enjoyed it, and I'm glad that I picked it up on a whim. I liked the um, at the beginning as well, and I imagine the second title is going to have a few changes. They had like a ranking of all the different yes. assassins and how it's changed. I reckon each issue is going to be a new ranking. Yeah, like that, obviously with. Uh, I, I think Mercy Killer guy is going to end up at the top because everyone yeah. ignores him. Yeah, they're just like, oh, what's he doing? That's the best way to uh, win any kind of game. It's just be like under the radar and then sneak in at the end. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, I think I think that could happen, and it it's, it was fun. It was a fun, yeah. fun book, and uh, it's definitely. Are a you pull. saying we've got free pulls this week? Do we have Woo-hoo. my my pull is gigantic. We've all <laughs> and it's all your fault. The Fraser. comic book still has all our money. <laughs> And you want to add more comics? I'm, I'm, I'm running out of time to read all these brilliant books that I've put on my pull. Maybe we should cut this section. No. No. We can't do that. <laughs> Never do that. But we want to know your fellow geeky thoughts. What books did you check out this week? Did you check any of these three out? What about the other four that we didn't read that I wanted to read? That you could have put on the show. I'm going to highlight this. He could have put him on the show. I did. He gets each. He gets. I asked you to put all of them on the show. No, you didn't. And you said, no, you can't. That was Marvel. No, you can't. That one's image. No, you didn't. You you literally outing me here. But the only time you've only asked is right here, right now. I wanted to do Assassination and Section Zero. You said you can't have two image books. That is what you said. No, you asked about that and that alone. And I was like, right, we'll do Section Zero the week after. And then you ummed and I went, why can't we just do two? And I was like, mate, we haven't got an image book next week. It's fine. We can do four next week. Fine. And you you put your dummy back in and you're like, fine. And then you spat it back out on it. I have. It's fine. Let's play some music. No, we're not playing music. We want to know the fellow geeks' thoughts about You've the book. You said that. I know, but I haven't told them where they can throw their thoughts. You did that they've earlier just, in the show. No, they've just got their thoughts. I'm like, what do I do with these thoughts? You're oh. forgetting about the YouTube listeners as well. See, geeks, I care about all of you. Now, we have a Facebook discussion group. We have a Twitter where you can at us. And on YouTube, we have a comment section below. You said that Where, where you can let us... I know, but there's... We split the show into three different things on YouTube. So if you just listen on YouTube, Fine. you won't know where to put the thoughts. Fine. Again, I'm thinking about you guys. This guy doesn't care about guys, girls, and about, all the geeks. I, I care about nope. getting us all the, what we want to say in rather than... No, nope, he doesn't like the plugs. Actually, you love the plugs when it's about your stuff. Shut Mr. up and get on with Mr. it. I want to play some music. Then stop interrupting me. We want to know what you picked up this week from the comments. What was on your poll? What did you pass on? Uh, did you read any of the books? Do you want to read any of these, the books after hearing what we had to say about it? Like I said before, Facebook discussion group, Twitter, YouTube comment section below. Now Mark can stop off his Marty. That was pull or pass for issue 25. It's trade-off. Get books from somewhere. Oh, mate, I was, t- I was, I was like, no, this is the week I do a straight face one. I'm just gonna say it's trade off. It, oh, okay. That's it. You, you kind of like. Don't think I liked it though. You raised your eyebrows. I thought you were expecting me to say something. No, no, I was, I, just, I was just. Like, <laughs> oh, uh, comics from somewhere. <laughs> Anyway. I read, I promise. <laughs> I do, I read a lot these days. I read more now than I ever did. I know, Because my pull's so big from it's... Pull of Pass. Trust heavy, mate. I have to carry it, lug it around. Yeah. 
Mark has got super hench from just carrying all these comics I around. Haven't. He's like, ugh. <laughs> so, trade-off. This is the part of the show where... Are you stealing I, all I am. I'm going to do it this week. We, um, we've got different tastes. I tend to be more into your indies, your horror and your sci-fi and your weird stuff. And Fraser's more family-friendly, superheroes kind of a vibe. Cool, so... Cool. Every week, we take it in turns to recommend a book to each other, and we discuss the book. So one of us will have already read it and loved it, and the other one will be trying it for the first time. And we've tended to be kind to each other, but sometimes we're not, and sometimes we give each other something that we kind of expect the other one to hate. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Just to keep it interesting, otherwise our tastes start to meld into one it's true hybrid it's true amalgam this week it, it's a brand new it's a brand new trade it's not even available yet it's a book that i bought on i, I um supported on kickstarter so we've only got the pdf so far i've got the trade paperback in the post on its way to Ooh, me exciting. but um we it's literally not available yet unless you kickstarted it so we are reading the theory by neil gibson from tpub Comics. Who, who we had on uh, on on a guest geek? We did. Shot you can, a couple um, of weeks ago, which was really cool. You can listen to my interview with Neil uh, either on the YouTube channel or on our previous issue. Yeah, I can't remember listen what issue it was. One of the twenties. Yeah, one of the twenties. Yeah, you'll find it somewhere. We, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just listen to every one of them, That's and then true. eventually you'll find it. Yeah. Or you can just go on the YouTube, and there is just Neil Gibson interview. But yeah. Whatever, whatever floats your boat. But yeah, and we also talked talked about one of his books in the past. Well, about Twisted Dark, we have talked about Twisted Dark, and it was uh, another one that you like. You sort of gave to me, and I I got the vibe of Twisted Dark. It was nice. It was very similar to it, but with sci-fi. Yes, I was going to say the same. This is pretty cool, and like I liked that they had a common thread through it, like. Um, actually no I'll talk about because what they did um, for those of you who haven't listened to the Twisted Dark um, discussion again that's on our YouTube or previous issues if you want to listen to it is that it's sort of like separate stories and there's always like an introduction beforehand and yep. it's always like um, they do sort of start to interconnect um, well even the layout with and the font was very uh, similar yeah. to Twisted Dark and, yeah, and yeah. That, that, that's clearly deliberate and like each story again despite it being by like sort of the same sort of team and stuff like that each story seems to have a different you know art style a different story like Mm. it seems to be like you can stop the more i read it and the further i got i was like okay i can start to see this all being one world but you can sort of tell that it's different being told different stories it's sort of again like that black mirror thing of where like they did the whole thing of Each episode is something different, but you can start to connect to them. And the, the one the thing beauty of it is that I feel like the, every so, every story is standalone, yeah, but integrated in some way, and some are more subtle than the, the others, others, and it's yeah, just yeah. so well done. But that's the beauty of Twisted Dark is that that's how Twisted Dark works, and they've obviously gone for the same kind of vibe—a well thought out, pre-planned world with the theory. Yeah, and you know, as a con- as a as a style and as a concept, it's worked so well with Twisted Dark and it's working really well with the theory as yeah, well. and it'd be really cool to see if they do this with other genres. Like, it, like obviously, we've, they've delved into horror, they've delved into sci-fi now. It'd be cool to see what they do next. Maybe, like, they could do, like, a Western thing or, like, a different... Twisted you know, Western, twisted fantasy, yeah. twisted... And, like, twisted, what, twisted I don't romance. Think it, I don't think it'd be twisted. Oh, if they did love stories, that would be epic. 
But um, Neil's a bit twisted in his ways, and he's like he is, and he's on, open on his, about it as well. On his uh, Twitter, he's like twisted Neil, so it would be cool. I mean, he did do the twisted light, so maybe maybe we get a one-off uh, a romance. Did I lend you twisted light? Not yet, no. Yeah, we've you should very, read twisted light. Very good about. To be fair, not gonna lie. We'll, give, put, we'll put that. Give on me trade horror. Off. We'll give put that horror. on trade-off. Yeah, for sure. And what I liked about this was it had again what Twisted Dark had before each story there was a nice you know it had the title again it was really nice it separated it because it was like a plain white background mm, so it was mm. a, you know a deliberate sort of break and it had like the title and then it had a quote from different people like you know it was like um, the, the Dalai Lama I think with a quote and stuff like that and just they'd get different quotes from each sort of things that relate to the story and that was a nice touch because it sort of set the vibe to be an English t- student it set the motif of the uh, story of that piece there Definitely. we go. Worth, totally worth doing those A levels, wasn't it? Motif, mate. Love it. Motif. Oh, what else? What else? What else? Worth to learn. I really liked how um, it was. It didn't do anything particularly new with its questions and its topics because sci-fi yeah. is designed to use the future to question and to question and and highlights the horrors of the modern world and yeah, it, like it a very commentary, much yeah. and that that was very present and so not necessarily original but yeesh some of the it was so dark and the, the twisted some and of the twists at the end yeah. clever and nasty and oh it did it it didn't wasn't perhaps as original as it could anything, be. but it was so well done that it was brilliant. I liked it well because the thing with um, the twisted dark thing, it's always like um, there's always a twist at the end, and it's so and it's dark horror. So it would have been funny if this is, it would have been interesting if this was called like so in my head it's called like twisted theory because it's always on about yeah. oh there's a different like scientific theory for something else and that's what the theory is always what sets up the sci-fi, but then there is always that twist at the end. So twisted theory. Yeah. No, Neil, stick stick with your title. Don't and it's, don't uh, trust me, Frenford. And it the, the met it used metaphors like science fiction always does, and it it made you think very seriously about your ethics, modern ethics, and potentially the ethics of the future. And it and it's it explored the modern conundrums in remarkable settings like sci-fi does. But just yee, yeah. it was it was so nasty and oh, so even though you ex- yeah. even though you expect twists at the end of every story i don't know how he does it i don't know how he's got so many twists in his head it was so so well done imagine hit imagine neil and m night Shyamalan in a room together <laughs> oh, they, 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 they twist and they shout just twist and, oh. twist uh, let's twist again. No, ni- neither neither of them would be good. any good at um, at, 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 at twenty one because they just keep twisting. Yeah, twist. <laughs> They'd end up scoring about a thousand. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! But yeah, uh, enjoyed the book. Really enjoyed it. I felt that um, all the previous twisted dark books they'd been black and white. And this was in in full colour. And it there benefited other, from that. Yeah. yeah, there are other titles by the publisher, by T-Pub Publishing, that are in full colour. Yeah. But all the Twisted Dark ones were deliberately black and white because yeah, that suits horror. and the horror. And this colour, you know, it does, it leads itself to the science fiction. We talked exactly about it last right. week on Polo Pass exactly with right. um, Invisible Kingdom. And we're like, oh my goodness, this is so bright and stuff like that. So yes. sci-fi. And you see it in like Guardians of the Galaxy. Sci-fi is big, bright colour. So yeah, it did... It did benefit from that as well, I think. And what I liked, um, which which was the new kind of concept, kind of a, like a little 
add to the twisted, twisted dark kind of feel was that the um, there was always a almost like an epilogue between each story. So the Puppo oh, and the Saddler in between, chats. That's what I was going to mention. Yeah, yeah. Um, was that was that was convers- new? The conversation that was between the two. I liked that because it sort of linked the story together. When we we're talking, um, yeah, I never mentioned it before. But yeah, all of them seem like separate stories. But then there is those links between them two just having a conversation. It's like oh, not over messenger, obviously, but the intergalactic, it's me- yeah, intergalactic, intergalactic messenger, messenger yeah. and they're just having that conversation between. Them. I was like, oh, okay, because again, it was another nice break. It's always nice to have these breaks in the trades. So sort of like okay, especially when you're reading individual stories. And then there was that that was sort of yeah, like threading them together. There was something cool. quite t- like something quite creepy as well about. Even though every, you know, I message you pretty much most days yeah. and don't think about it, uh, you're just you and you're respond- replying to me. But with just the two same images again and again and again, yeah. talking about different things with different emotions, but it was always these flat, two blank images. Yeah. That yeah. kind of emphasised that messaging people rather than meeting them at the pub is actually a little bit creepy because <laughs> you can't really see. And react as well as if you're having a pint, you're having a cup of tea, you're having a chat. And you don't think about that in a modern life. But those two images made me think, maybe I should see my friends yeah, more just, than just yeah, yeah. talking on Messenger. And I like Messenger. And, and it's put me off a bit. Put you off Messenger. Well, there are other platforms. <laughs> you know, we, messaging, WhatsApp. text, WhatsApp, Do whatever. Welcome. no. Yeah, get put the technology down for a bit and actually just meet up and talk with someone. Mm. What? Did you, oh, what? I, I, I didn't particularly pick out highlighting moments because it was all great. But my favourite page in the entire book was the double page where there were two versions of the same world, yeah, and it cool. was so well done. There was like the dark version, the dystopic version of the of, of the world, and then the utopic version of the world, and it was split in the middle of a double page spread. And it was so cleverly done. It was really gorgeous. Really effective. The art was brilliant in this book. Yeah, yeah. Good combination. Like, we've talked a lot about the story, but the art really did. It supported the story. It supported the stories, and it supported, yeah, like, that sci-fi element they were going for. Dug it. Dug it. Did you see my name was in the back of the book? No, no. Yeah, because no, all the all the people who spo- who supported it on Twist oh, on uh, no. on uh, Kickstarter, Kickstarter got a name. There was like a list of every one of my names in the back of the book. Eh, you made it. Uh, well, maybe, 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 maybe. Tell you something else that the back of the book made me. Um, m- you, you like your trailers, I know you do. And there was, uh, we knew Twisted Dark Seven was coming. We knew Theatrics Two was coming, and we did know that The Traveller was coming. These are books that. That if you're on the the um, T-Pub mailing list, you were aware of, but you hadn't seen the covers. Uh, and covers Transdimensional is 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 one that they'd also announced. But Transmissions, Lucky Man, and Disposable Legends, I don't remember those being mentioned anywhere else. I like the Lucky Man because I've seen that because um, it's a television show, isn't, isn't it? it? Yeah, yeah. Stanley's Lucky Man, and they've gone for I forget the actor's name, but they've had like his image on there. I was like, oh, Lucky Man, nice. So yeah, there's the for for fans of the publisher, there was a huge kind of like look at what we've got, got coming. Yeah, yeah, like like trailers. Yeah, yeah, nice. At the back bit of the, the book, end. and that, again, Neil's a clever man. That's clearly deliberate, and, and and also a nice little nod to people who've supported it on Kickstarter. I think. Yeah, yeah, they just be like, you get to see that before anybody else does, and I don't know. I marked out. So that's what it is. Yeah, it's about supporting 
supporting supporters in it and supporting your fans and stuff like that. And I think it's a yeah, they do it really well with that. And it's it was nice. It was nice. It was nice, sort of like getting almost an exclusive. Yeah, exactly right. Which is pretty, uh, pretty sweet. Yeah. So all in all, it was bloody brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> I loved it. It's good. Yeah. So um, if people want to check it out, just uh, before I, I do plug it in, it's like we can't get it though, Fraser. Does um, when does it come out to? Do you know when it you comes can pre-order it through the tpub.com website, and um, the Kickstarter copies are on their way to people as we speak. We may have it within the next week, I think. But you can pre-order the, the the standard print copy now, and I think it's I think it's out pretty soon. I think you'll probably yeah. get it within a month. Not oh, sure. Check cool. out, check their website. Yeah. Okay, that's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, if you uh, if you start if you got on the Kickstarter, we'd be interested to know your fo- your thoughts on it as well. If uh, you like what you hear, and you are going to check it out, do let us know. And then when you do get the book again, let us know your let thoughts know. on it. Got if a Facebook you, group. If you've, if you've checked up any of the uh, checked out any of the previous T Pub stuff, like if you listen to us talk about Twisted Dark, oh, give it a go. And since then, you've been like, yeah, I've read loads of T Pub. We also want to know. We also, yeah, we just want to know your thoughts, really. Facebook discussion group, got a Twitter where you can add us, and a YouTube comment section on videos. Potentially yeah. like this if you're listening on YouTube. Indeed. <laughs> and you know where that comment section is below if you if you listen on YouTube? Just right there. If you're, <laughs> if you're on the other platforms, open another tab. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Get on YouTube. <laughs> but, yeah. No, really enjoyed the book, and that was trade-off for this week. And now, we have time for it this week, unlike last week, um, and it's returned. Comments Compared is back. Now, this one's interesting, because... Tell me why it's interesting, Tell Fraser. me why... Well, because I, I wrote this back when we were doing Comments Compared regularly, and um, I've, only done a, I've only done a few touch-ups touch whilst we were doing... whilst we were playing music... So there is potential that halfway through I might go, uh, nope, that's not relevant anymore, that's not, so... If there, if there is brief pauses, that's because, uh... You're panicking desperately. Um, yeah, and going, oh, no, that, that's got cancelled, yep, that's not happening anymore, they're out as this character, they're not this. Um, but I think I've managed to cover the basis. So, fingers crossed. But yes, this is Comments Compared, where we take a look at either a film, TV show video game adaptation, whatever it may be, and we compare it to its comics counterpart. Now with Shazam out this week, we're going to be looking at a film from the DCEU. Now, just to set this in perspective, originally I had written down that since the year of its... since it's been a year since its release, so November, so this was going to... I was going to do this so in November. Months, so it's now April. Uh, <laughs> but the better, the better tie-in is that Shazam's out. Uh, because this time around, we're going to be looking at the film Justice League. So, potential spoilers ahead. Although, if you've not watched it, it's been 18 months. If you've not watched it, don't, I don't bother. I don't blame you as well, to be Yeah, fair. don't bother. <laughs> you probably heard all the bad press and was like, mm, it's all right. not. Now, let's look at the team. It's a big team up um, film. So, let's start there. There are many, many, many different versions of the team in the comics due to new members coming around, deaths, members being lost in time and or space, and, of course, crises, because that's a big, big part of DC. (laughs) Many, many crises. Yes. So we'll stick with the founding teams, as this is mostly relevant to the film. You know, it's an origin film. 
there was supposed to be more, but we won't talk about that. So there probably was supposed to be more when I, I originally wrote this, but... <laughs> <laughs> in the original continuity of the comics, uh, the team consisted of Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman, Aquaman, The Flash, Green Lantern, Hal Jordan, and Martian Manhunter. Now, recently in DC, they introduced a new line called New 52, restarting their universe. This isn't the most recent restart, though. They've actually restarted again with Rebirth, but this is the one that was sort of like, okay, na- it was a... Big welcome for new readers and sort of brought in new um, new people into it. I started with New 52 and that's how I got into DC. Um, if you want to get into DC now, I'd recommend Rebirth for that same purpose. But yeah, so they restarted the universe with New 52. This happens quite a lot in DC, as I mentioned. It's um, <laughs> a recurring word in their events is crisis, like we like we mentioned before. If you read, yeah, it's, it's almost become a trope, hasn't it? Yeah, if you're reading the title um, with this in the name, uh, chances are you're reading the end of DC's current universe and it's going to get restarted. Looking at you guys, uh, Heroes in Crisis there. Which <laughs> is funny because that line was in November and it's still relevant now as reading Heroes in Crisis. <laughs> the New 52 is a bit different. The event didn't have Crisis in the name. In fact, it was a well-known event called Flashpoint. A couple of people will know that. You know, the t- teleseries did it, um, did a version of it. The film was supposed to do a version of it. We don't know anymore. And Talked about of course, it, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. It's, it was a big comic event. There's a cool animated film to check out. Um, but basically, Flashpoint restarted it all. It was supposed to just be a solo um, Flash story, but then then they went to Jeff Johnson and like, actually, we want to reset our universe. This would be a really good way Again. to do it. And um, in this story, Barry Allen goes back in time to save his mum. Um, and he does save his mum, but then the universe is a bit messed up. He has to unsave his mum, and then it looks like the universe is fixed, but it wasn't. We got the new 52, and the new 52 is very much like the DCE universe. It acts like the ultimate universe with the MCU. Um, it's like Marvel created the ultimate universe, and then as sort of like a new way to bring in audiences, and DC did the same with new 52. Um, there were some mixtures that... Uh, reviews with new 52 because a lot of it was it was a complicated thing because it was five years old and like it happened for five years it was very complicated but basically within five years batman had four robins one of them uh, robin became nightwing we had a nightwing a red hood and a red robin all in those five years so a lot got condensed down and then it wasn't clear what was in the continuity and what wasn't. Um, but it was, for me, it was a good way to jump onto DC. Um, I started reading New 52 and then I read stuff before, read stuff after, and, was, and then sort of realised, oh, maybe New 52 wasn't as good as uh, <laughs> the other stuff. But the New 52 team featured Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, The Flash, Green Lantern, Hal Jordan again, and Cyborg. Which is well, a that's the classic team, it's right? A, it, no, no, this is a new team. It's closer to the one we see in the film, um, but it's and now, oh my goodness, I just and now in Rebirth, it's a very similar lineup, but instead of one Green Lantern and it being Hal Jordan, we have two Green Lanterns, Simon Baz and Jessica Cruz, who are really cool characters to check out. They have their own series, Green Lanterns. I'd highly recommend it. Um, however, this film doesn't feature a Green Lantern on the t- on the team anyway. There is a cameo in a flashback scene, which I, I saw the Green Lantern ring and I saw it. I was like, oh, that's awesome. And then there was kind of a glimmer of hope that he would appear later in the film. He didn't. 
It was definitely a fanboy moment that yeah. there is a Green Lantern in this DCU. Exactly, it got your hopes up. Um, it's interesting as well because original posters for the film had the slogan Unite the Seven, so it seems like the original lineup had either a Green Lantern um, or a Martian Manhunter and there was going to be seven. It could also be, a lot of it was with Jason Momoa's Aquaman characters, so they were saying maybe the seven C's now. Um, it's sort of like a mini retcon for the poster. Um, but... <laughs> The co- I've got a question sort of for you, Mark, and Go for on. the fellow geeks, is what modern Green Lantern would you like to see in film? Would you want to see these two Green Lanterns? Would you want to see Hal Jordan? Maybe you want to see Guy Garner. Maybe you want to see Kyle Rayner. For me, I think it's Hal Jordan because that's the classic. That's oh, the... John Stew. J- John Stew was a big one in the animated series. It's, uh, no, it's just... Do- all of those are cool and all those can be brought in, but I think Hal Jordan needs to be... He's the original. He's the, the classic. I think particularly in a, in a DCEU where they're struggling, <laughs> let's be honest, they're, they're, they're making a lot of mistakes, that it's maybe not time to take a risk. It's time well, yeah. to bring in the classic Green Lantern that everyone knows. Well, they tried that and it's, you know, with the Ryan Reynolds one and it's sort of like, you know, it left him a bit burnt out. Um, I like the film. That's because it wasn't written so that's well. Cause, that's because I've got poor, I've got poor taste when it comes to films, I think. <laughs> if it's like, if it's something I enjoy, I'm going to like it anyway. Like, I really do enjoy Green Lantern and I was going to enjoy the Green Lantern film anyway. Mm. Um, but they are talk- they're doing talks about a buddy cop movie with the two Green Lanterns, John Stew and Hal Jordan, and I'd really like that. John Stew's a big one for because so many people grew up with the animated series. John Stew is seen by a lot of people as their Green Lantern, and he's he is a really good Green Lantern. But I feel like I want to see almost all the Green Lanterns because they all bring something different to holding that Green Lantern ring. Yeah, so I think maybe that's fair. maybe the way the DC universe is going now, where it's all separate worlds, I would love like. Um, separate stories in this big world. I would love them to focus on Green Lanterns and all the different Green Lanterns, and then maybe introduce them into the um, into a Justice League, a Justice League Two, if they ever do it. Which is kind of glad I what we didn't see a, a Green Lantern here because I was like, I want to see them in their own world, especially now thinking retrospectively, seeing all the success of Aquaman being separate, Wonder yeah. Woman being separate, Shazam being separate. I would love to see. Green Lanterns be separate, but I still want to see. I still kind of want to see the Justice League team up and be all cool. But to go back to the comparison, uh, <laughs> yeah, good point. In this film, uh, the Parademons, uh, fallen enemies of Steppenwolf, transformed by apocalyptic energy. Pretty cool. In the comics, they serve one purpose: to serve Lord Darkseid. In the original continuity. They were made in labs. However, in the new 52, they are made of repurposed material from fallen enemies. Again, the film sort of goes more towards the new 52 stuff. Steppenwolf, in the original continuity, um, was Darkseid's uncle and worked for him. The new 52 version was not related, but still worked for Darkseid as like his trusted general. Salute away. And the... It, it it's clear that Warner Bros. DC were leading to a bigger bad in Darkseid. This film, for the longest time, was supposed to be like part one of two films. However, um, it definitely doesn't look like that's going to be the case anymore, and Darkseid did get swept under the rug, basically. He got a bit jobbed, didn't he? Exactly. Now, a cool thing they do mention in the comics is the Atlantean and Amazon War. It's only mentioned in the film, but this actually happened in Flashpoint in the comics, and it was sick like um but there was some relationship there was like a 
a love triangle between Mira, Aquaman, and Wonder Woman, and it created this big war. There was loads of murders, and oh, it was it was an epic backdrop into the Flashpoint story. Like incredible, it was an amazing thing of like you think it would just be a Flash story with Justice League characters at the end, and it wasn't. Everyone got their own sort of story beat and stuff like that, and each character got their moment. Which is why I was always like, it's weird that that's going to be the Flash film. I, I sort of wanted Flash to get his own film first, which he probably will now. Uh, like, like, I say, like we said. Yeah, but not with Ezra Watts' face. Ezra Miller now. Um, which, is, again, will be a nice point to start off with, like, restart, tell your Flash stories, and then maybe do a Flashpoint. Who knows? Hmm. Now let's talk about the resurrection of Superman. Happened very quick in the film. But there was no black suit or mullet. Or mullet. No beard. <laughs> None of that. That's what we got in the nineties: a black-suited, bearded, mulleted uh, Superman. All he about even, the mullet. He even got a mustache uh, removed, uh, Henry Cavill. <laughs> wow! But yeah, he was a bit angry for a bit, but you know, Lois was the key. They sort of alluded to it. Now let's talk about the post-credit scenes because they were glorious. The Superman uh, and Flash race has become a regular occurrence in the uh, comics. It started in like nineteen sixty-seven. Um, and it's been in all medias, continuities, universes, Earths, between, like, the original two and alternative versions of the characters, including, like, both of their families. So, like, the youngest, the Superboy, Kid Flash of all, um, fought against each other. The scores, though, has seemed to be settled. And now it says recently on here, so it was in November, in Rebirth's Flash 49, Soup um, went not one-on-one, but goes against... The two flashes, and they proved to be way too fast for him. Like, Superman's trying to catch him, and they end up, like, winding the hero. Like, he's actually out of breath. So it's sort of, um, at least in the rebirth continuity, sort of gone, yeah, flashes now. <laughs> They're so high-powered and so fast. They actually make Superman a bit gassy. I'm blowing, mate. I'm blowing. Batman, get him. If you're blowing, what do you think I'm going to do? Throw a batarang at him? That's a little conversation I like to think would feature in a that, comic I would write. <laughs> yeah, a comic you would write, maybe. <laughs> now, the other um, post-credit scene was the Injustice League. We see Lex and Deathstroke um, sort of doing like their meet-up, which is really cool and sort of like got me excited for the future. I don't know whether they're going to touch on that anymore. Um, but other members in the comic include the Joker, Killer Croc, who were introduced in the Suicide Squad film. True. Don't know if they're going to touch on them anymore with the way that the Suicide Squad's going. So. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> as well as Cheetah, who's going to be the villain in Wonder Woman 84, so that's definitely happening. And recently we've had Black Manta and Dr. Shivar, who have both been introduced in Aquaman and Shazam, so they were the villains for that. So, again, we say that they've been separate, these um, individual stories, but there is this potential to bring them all together for an Injustice League film. I think they're film. probably pacing themselves, are Yeah, they? which is... After they got burnt by Justice League, they're pacing themselves. Which is the way to themselves. do it, yeah. it's, just, it's the way to do it. Interestingly enough, this team, the Injustice League team, took a heroic turn in the New 52's Forever Evil storyline, defending their Earth against Earth Freeze Crime Syndicate, which consists of like evil alternative versions of well-known DC superheroes, like there's an evil Batman, evil Supes, and all that. It's quite, it's it's quite good to see them as heroes, and it's it's interesting, interesting to see the tables um, twist twist over. Now we're done here. I've mentioned a lot of different comics in this comparison, all of which I recommend checking out, especially if you enjoyed this film or if you're 
you want to delve in more into DC. Maybe this film left you with a sour taste in your mouth, but you've been enjoying what DC have been doing recently, and you're like, I actually want to read some good Justice League stuff. I want to get... I want to refreshing my taste for Justice League, and hopefully we'll get to see it in the future. <laughs> there we go. As always, with adaptations, there's going to be similarities, differences, and always, 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 comparisons. Yeah. Is comments compared? Not so sure. Well, thank you for listening. We've had a fab time. We hope you have too. And we'll see you next week on Geek of the Week. Great Scots! It's been almost an hour. What the devil are they doing? Rest assured that I was on the internet within minutes, registering my disgust throughout the world. Thanks for listening to Geek of the Week. Be sure to tune in next week. Same geek time, same geek channel. And if you want to follow us on social media, it's at GOTW Radio on Twitter. Search for Geek of the Week Radio Show on Facebook. And to listen again, it's www.mixcloud.com forward slash Geek of the Week Radio Show.